Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the morning jam. Don't you know, don't you know, things could change, things will go your way, your whole Yeah, because it's Friday. One more day, that means the weekend is here, baby. It is here. Thank thank you, Jesus. Uh, (laughs) 866-916-3776. Do you have something fun planned for the weekend? I hope you do. Because, yeah, you got to love a Friday. Here's your thought of the day for this Friday. What you really value is what you miss, not what you have. That's deep for a Friday morning. What you really value is what you miss, not what you have. No wonder. Mm-hmm. No wonder I value sleep. Yeah, well, maybe so. Like that, that's true for a lot of us, probably. Here's our text number, 434-248-0704. Uh, it's short and sweet today. Worldwide, more people own one of these than owns a toothbrush. What are we talking about? Worldwide, more people own one of these then owns a toothbrush, 434-248-0704. I will say a toothbrush would be cheaper. So, Well, a lot that. of things are cheaper than that. I mean, a lot of that, that would be still a lot of things. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That is a fork. True. That's probably, no, I'm just kidding. You know, I'm amazed at the people in this world that don't use forks. You know, they eat with their hands or they eat with sticks or they eat with, I yeah. eat my hands. Something. Oh, they'll some take things. leaves and things, and they'll and they yeah. I won't do that. Yeah, a lot of people do, depending on where you are in the world. If I really don't want to do dishes, I'll eat with my hands. Like pan, like I'll eat pancakes with my hands. Like I'll just do like, you really? I'll you just roll them, them up? Like roll full like a taco. You turn everything into a taco. You turn pizza into a taco. No, you I turn- eat pizza the right way. You fold a pizza, and that's how you eat it. So you get Brooklyn style. You get the perfect amount of crust and. I won't even tell you how I eat a pizza because it, it is if weird. It, even I acknowledge that the way I eat a you pizza is You eat it with a fork and knife. I, ta- I eat the tops off and then I eat the crust. You eat like the toppings off? Like, so you take like, if you have, let's say a pepperoni pizza, we'll go simple. Yeah. You take the pepperonis off, you eat that, then you eat the pizza. I eat the, like, I, I, like I eat the cheese and everything and then I eat the crust. I don't know why. Okay, at least it's not with a fork and a knife. Well, yeah. <laughs> so at least there's that. My mother does that. On this day in history in 1913, women's suffrage procession through Washington, D.C. It's organized by Alice Paul and Lucy Burns. It's led by Inez Milholland. Ida B. Wells marched with her Illinois delegation despite them saying that black women had to march in a separate section. But not that day, sisters. Not that day. In 1966, the Canadian-American rock band Buffalo Springfield forms with the likes of Stephen Steele's and Neil Young. I think it's time we stop, children. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. I love Buffalo Springfield. So good. And uh, appropriate leading into our next On This Day in History. In 1991... The Los Angeles police officers who uh, severely beat motorist Rodney King, which was captured on tape, led to riots when the police officers were acquitted. 63 people died, $1 billion in damages. 
with that event. That was a crazy, crazy time. And then in 1992, U.S. President George H.W. Bush apologizes for raising taxes after he had made this big claim. Read my lips. No new taxes. Yeah, that one came back to bite him square in the rear end. No doubt. Uh, we've got birthdays today. Uh, actress Jessica Beale is turning 41 years old. Now, here she is after she had the most spectacular entrance on the Ellen DeGeneres show. She came in like baby in uh, Dirty Dancing and danced with Stitch. It was, it was, it was pretty cool, actually. Justin is a really good dancer. Have y'all tried oh. that? Yes, I make him do stuff like that all the time, and like his back goes out. It's like it's a it's a disaster. But has he tried to do that? Oh, certainly, all the time. Like and in the pool, outside of the pool. Well, the pool's easier, right? It is a little a easier, little easier. Yeah. Apparently not. Justin can't can't quite catch her. <laughs> not like Stitch did. He did a great job. Uh, you can tell it's a slow birthday day because uh, I'm telling you, it's uh, Natalie uh, or Natalie Kelly's birthday. She's uh, from Fast and the Furious. I was about to. 39 today. I thought you were going to say Natalie Portman for a second. I was like, how's that a, like not a big person? And uh, Hey, there's 10 of those movies, so she's pretty famous. Was she in all of them? I, gotta look so I don't face. know because I haven't even... Uh, yeah, See, you don't even know what she looks like. That's what I'm saying. That's when you know it's a slow birthday day. Is when, is when, you're, when you're there. Was she, or was she just in she the looked, original one? She kind of looks familiar. She was in Tokyo Drift, that's it. And I guess Fast 7, but Okay. All right. So anyway, it's her birthday today. She was today, really in one. If you care. Uh, singer Jennifer Warrens is having a birthday today. She is turning 76 I years old. She was doing fantastic duets with everyone back in the 80s and 90s. Bill Medley, Joe Cocker. She had them all. And then uh, rapper, actor Tone Loke is having a birthday turning 57 years old today had a lot of hits including this one i got into a lot of trouble when i was a kid because i had that that song was playing in my room mama was not happy you turn that off. You may not play that. Uh, we've got our Mind Jam trivia today. And uh, our question is this. Worldwide, more people own one of these than owns a toothbrush. And we wanted you to tell us what it is that we're talking about. We'll have that answer coming up in just a little bit. A couple of national days today. Uh, today is National If Pets Had Thumbs Day. And I can tell you right now, if pets had thumbs, I wouldn't have any food in my in my house. Rogan would have everything. Rogan would have. Oh, Rogan has learned how to. Um, we have a, a drawer, a, a cabinet that's actually the trash can. So it looks like a regular cabinet door, but then you open mm-hmm. it up and it slides out, and it's the trash cans. Rogan's figured out how to open that up now. <sighs> we, yeah, you're, you're that's rude. Yeah, that's it's bad. It's not. It's not good. The muzzle thing that uh, that a, a listener suggested uh, earlier in the week is looking better and better. 
I wasn't there. I was at a rehearsal, but Mark came home and there was garbage everywhere. Like it was everywhere. And he said, did you leave the door open? I was like, absolutely not. I didn't leave it open. He's totally figured out how to open it up. So if he had um, thumbs, it would be all over. Uh, It's also National 33 Flavors Day and National Canadian Bacon Day, which I don't even think should be. It's ham. There shouldn't even be a Canadian Bacon Day. That's ridiculous. Uh, Some of the guesses that we're getting this morning uh, with our Ron Jam trivia, you guys are are sending in some good ones this morning. Uh, Some people said more people own a car than a toothbrush. All right. Uh, A home. A cell phone, a comb. All those are good guesses, actually. But we'll tell you what the answer is uh, coming up here in in just a little bit. Also, lots of things to catch up on today. Uh, we're going to have a couple of special guests to talk about some some big stories today. Uh, we were speaking with Jim Crisula yesterday about uh, the Murdaugh trial. That verdict came back so fast. I mean, and, and he was convicted. Um, he should be set to learn his fate this morning. Uh, he has been charged with murdering his wife and his son. Um, it, that was really, really fast. Um, surprisingly fast, I thought, for sure. I will also update you on some uh, of the stories we've been covering this week, including that 26-year-old that traveled to the area to have relations with a 14-year-old. More disturbing details coming out. With that, um, also Fetterman, he is uh, he's now trying to do his job from a hospital bed. Apparently, he's been hospitalized for clinical depression. I'm not really sure how that works. If you're if you're that in that bad a shape, how are you supposed to be doing your job that way? But uh, nonetheless, those are just few of the stories that we're going to be talking about this morning. But we'll be back with your Mind Jam trivia and lots more for your Friday here on the Morning Jam. Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam. The Morning Jam. Don't call us. Don't call us. Well, there's your hint for your answer to your Mind Jam trivia. Worldwide, more people own one of these that owns a toothbrush. Where are we talking about? We're talking about cell phones. More people own a cell phone than own a toothbrush. Yeah, you can see it. That's disgusting. Doesn't mean I can't see it. It's it's still gross, though. I mean, if you... hmm. Buy a toothbrush. If you can afford a cell phone, you should have a toothbrush. I found that very disturbing for some reason. It's also disturbing that uh, in 2023, the average smartphone user spends six hours on their phone it's like a work day yeah i can see it again <laughs> as he picks up his phone i just checking uh, the time um mm-hmm. yeah um even though the time's right there <laughs> yeah right there in front of you <laughs> exactly uh china has the highest number of smartphone users makes sense it's the most people um so china followed by india USA, Brazil, Russia, Indonesia, Japan, Mexico, Germany, 
UK. Hmm. All right. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how. What I want to know is how many people actually use their phones to make a phone call anymore? Probably not many. I think most people text. I mean, I've got certain people that I call, but as a rule, of those six hours that people are spending, I don't think a lot of them are spending it talking it. Uh, on, oh, Deidre says Obama phones were free. Toothbrushes were not. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe so. Maybe that does have something to do with it. Um, Yeah, Didn't some they? people call me. Like, I'll, I'll talk to my mom. Right. My dad on the phone. My... One of my best friends, he, he drives a lot for work, so we'll talk on the phone. Oh, okay, because he can't, he can't text. Yeah, so I mean, I guess everybody has a certain certain amount. Uh, 70% of web, web traffic happens on a mobile device That as makes well. sense. Um, and they are less likely to recommend a business if they have a poorly designed mobile site. So business people, take note of that. There you go. All right, uh, some stories that we're uh, talking about this morning. This is one from earlier in the week, just a, a really disturbing one and a, a stark reminder that you've got to talk to your kids and pay attention to what's going on with them. Uh, more court documents have come out revealing that the 26-year-old New York man who was coming to uh, Lynchburg to have relations with a 14-year-old child uh derek lau last friday um apparently this girl had been talking to lau who she believed was an adult male from new york and she told police they met on an online forum but they had also messaged each other in other applications and the documents say that uh lau knew she was underage because she she told him she was and she went ahead and sent him pornographic photos anyway you better be looking at your kid's phone and looking at their laptops and don't be telling me oh i respect their privacy no it's your job to be their parent along with sending pictures the minor told police that lyle had uh, arranged travel to lynchburg from new york to meet her uh, according to the documents the 14 year old told the lpd he told her to write a note saying she was staying at a friend's house to walk to the end of McVie Road and meet him. Uh, the documents say she told police once she got to him that he said he would pick her up and take her to a hotel room, uh, said he wanted to tie her up and rape her, and she's still going to meet him. Guys, this is not good. Uh, apparently, they found keys to the Night's Inn in Madison Heights. And they found a number of uh, items in his car, including a, a plan, bill, plan B pills and other things that I won't talk about on the air. But um, And apparently had made multiple reservations to surrounding hotels before selecting the Nights in. Okay. Disturbing on so many levels. Uh, phone calls this morning. Good morning. You're on the Morning Jam. Hi, who's this? This is Donald. Hi, Donald. Um, you, 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 yeah, you were talking about a while ago about, well, uh, we talking about cell phones that uh, I use, I only use my cell phone to call people. I'm totally blind. No big deal. I, I've talked to you a hundred uh -huh. times before. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I know. okay, but I only use my cell phone. I don't even have a smartphone. I don't like it, and uh, I don't like a smartphone. I have just a flip phone, but to make a long story short, uh, uh, Spectrum, not, not Spectrum. Anyway, 
Be true to your teeth or they'll be false to you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's what a chop. That's what a chopper doctor told me one time, and I've never forgotten it. My chopper doctor told me that. I, I don't and think I, I'll forget I, it anytime soon either. I call my te- I call my teeth my choppers because they chop up everything. But but anyway, uh, co- um, consumer cellular, they had Link One. It was a flip phone. It talked, and so then that, then when they came out with Link Two, and it didn't talk. I mean, it didn't have you know um, talk back. Uh-huh. So I called them, and I I. I lovingly got after them about it and then they come out with another one this vive snap it does not have talk back i i we blind people like our independence of course you do so so is there a know, phone so, out there that you've been able to find well i still have link one actually i, I had bought two link ones and one was me one for my roommate and i lost mine and i stole my roommate's phone and bought him link two that but, doesn't talk so he because he doesn't need it okay all right but any it Okay, but be true to your teeth, or they'll be false to you. Got it. I got it. I'm going to write it down. Hey, thanks for calling in this morning. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay, young and thank you. Right. Oh, and oh, oh, and, uh-huh. and that and that teenager and stuff. That people are just crazy these days. They just I know. Don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know either. But you better it, know it, what it, your kids it, are it, doing. I I totally agree. The TV raises children. Now parents basically don't do it anymore. But TV doesn't. Yeah, they better Pretty switch much. that for, for sure. Thanks for calling. All right. Uh, back to the phone lines now this morning. Good morning. You're on the Morning Jam. Who's this? Hey, Janet. How are you doing? Good. You ready for the weekend? I'm ready for the weekend. I've been ready for the weekend since Absolutely. about Wednesday. Absolutely. Hopefully you'll have a good recipe for the weekend, so that'll be good. Too. I got a good but, one coming. Uh, um, I just wanted to say uh, Facebook and the fact checkers are now saying... Zelensky come out in that video the other day and said that he wanted America. America would be sending their sons and daughters to war in Ukraine. And it's on video, and the fact-checkers are all saying, uh, he didn't say that, he didn't say that, but you can see it on video that he said it. And then Facebook is putting warnings on it to where they're like, oh, no, he didn't actually mean that. He didn't mean that. And I'm like, the, the fact-checkers, and I'm like, haven't we learned a lesson from these fact-checkers? They're, I mean, what's up, what's up with that? Why are they hiding something that's on video and the guy's actually saying, and you can see it with your own eyes? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen that video, but... I, I, if you, I haven't. Um, if, you, if you share it on uh, social media, they'll put a warning on it saying... No, you didn't really see that. Uh, what? Well, you know, we, we were talking yesterday about, about things in the future. You don't know what you're going to be able to, to believe. Um, uh, although I do see where the, the Hodge twins has put up something mm-hmm. uh, on it. So. Oh, yeah, I love those guys. Those guys are awesome. And uh, have, you seen the, have you seen the AI Joe Biden big booty? Uh, video. It's got a lot of bad language, but that's yeah, computer no, actually, AI <laughs> actually generated that. That's pretty wild. But yeah. just look up uh, Biden big booty. Oh, I don't think I could. No, I don't even think I could bring myself to type that out. That's disturbing <laughs> on so many levels. Thanks for calling this morning. Appreciate <laughs> Thanks, it. Jenna. All right. Um, so I mean, I'll have to I'll have to look at that. Apparently, it's a 19 second clip that's gone viral. Um, 
course, they are saying it's missing a lot of context. And they said that the remarks were um, in response to a wider question about opinion polls in the U.S. that indicate a growing number of Americans believe that America is uh, is is providing too much support now to the Ukraine based on, uh, you know, the condition economically that America is in. And uh, he was asked about what his message would be to Americans with those concerns. And Zelensky began by thanking Americans for showing support to the Ukraine and said he believed withdrawing or decreasing support could hypothetically have an impact on their children should Russia win the war as a result. Are American children any different from ours? Don't Americans enjoy the same things as we do? I don't think we're very different. He suggested that if America's support for Ukraine weakened and depleted and Kiev went on to lose the war against Russia, NATO members, including the U.S., risk being dragged into a bigger conflict. Russia is going to enter the Baltic states, and then the U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way we're sending our sons and daughters to war. So, again, it's about context. Did he say that? He did say that, but it was in answer to a much larger question uh, based on what I'm reading out of Newsweek. Um, And that's just like, you know, people take things in the Bible and they take a little piece of it. And if you don't read what comes before that, and if you don't read what comes after it, then it can be taken to a completely different place. So technically, did he say that? He said, yes. If we don't win the war against Russia, then all of us could be putting our sons and daughters at risk in the future. That's based on the the research that I did just here real quick, but we'll keep an eye on it. Coming up, we have got your local and regional news with WDBJ7 on the way here on The Morning Jam. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Rainy weather today will be on the blustery side. Temperatures in the low 50s during the afternoon, actually climbing after sunset into the mid to upper 50s. Can't even rule out a late day thunderstorm. We'll get that rain out overnight with highs at 60 on Saturday and increasing sunshine. Clear skies and a low of 37 Saturday night. And sunshine Sunday, highs in the mid 60s. And this morning we have, uh, well, it's not too bad of a start to the morning. Uh, We currently have 55 degrees in the uh, Amherst area. In Lynchburg, 54 degrees. uh, 55 in Roanoke and Salem. 55 in Danville this morning. So uh, that's not bad. We'll take that one for sure. Uh, Well, yesterday we did an interview. We were talking about the Murdoch trial. And they had the closing... Uh, comments yesterday and we thought it was going to be a while before they were going to come back with a verdict. That was not the case. This morning we have legal analyst Thane Rosenbaum with us on the Murdoch trial. Uh, Were you as surprised as I was that that verdict came back so fast? Yes, Janet. Under three hours is almost record time. Um, But, you know, it's an unusual case in a lot of ways. Remember, he took the stand which, you know, it was surely against advice of counsel. Um, but he felt confident that he this was his people, 
South Carolina. His family had long longstanding ties. Um, and so, you know, there were so many elements to this uh, that made it different that I guess it wasn't that surprising that the jury didn't need that much time to convict him. Well, you know, we uh, we had a, a couple of listeners. For the most part, our listeners thought he was just guilty of sin um, from the very beginning. But we had a couple who said, well, I mean, we think he's guilty of, of being a bad guy and doing a lot of bad things. But they were convinced that uh, he hadn't murdered his his wife and and his child. But now a three hour turnaround, that's that doesn't leave a, a whole lot of room for doubt, does it? No, um, but you know their, their entire defense, Janet, was I'm a bad guy. I'm even going to tell you I'm a bad guy. I'm going to come up on the stand and tell you that all the things that are said about me is true, except for one thing: I'm not a murderer. And you know, jurors are allowed to make an inference that if you lied about one thing, that you could lie have lied about everything. Uh, and that's clearly what happened here. Right. You know, he took the position, you know, I'm telling you, look at me how honest I am. I'm telling you I'm a, I'm a bad man. But I'm also telling you I wouldn't kill my wife and son. And they're saying, well, you know, you've told us you're a bad man. There's a lot of evidence that you are. Mm-hmm. And we have no reason to believe you for anything that you say. And that's really, I think, in the end, what was his undoing. Wow. Well, he didn't do himself any any favors, for sure with that one and he seemed to be caught in lie after lie um even on the stand well the worst part about it janet was the you know i i wasn't at the crime scene right or i was at the crime scene but i left earlier uh so i wasn't there at the time but then of course you know this is like this was like an iphone trial because you know the 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 uh, snapchat that his son that the, the you know it was a really extraordinary dramatic idea that the son who was eventually murdered, it was his phone that produced evidence that his father actually was at the crime scene at the time, right? Uh, at the time of the murder. But again, it's an interesting case. You know, they're, they they took the position. Uh, we see this all the time on you know police procedurals. Uh, there was no evidence of physical. Uh, there was no physical evidence of a crime. There's no blood, there's no murder weapon, there's none of that stuff. And we're supposed to be told, without physical evidence of a crime, it's very hard to prove. But when you have a a mammoth amount of circumstantial evidence, is what they had here, it just shows you that, you know, this talk about, well, without evidence, physical evidence, they would never convict. But very, very often, criminal defense attorneys say that, uh, you know, circumstantial evidence is how most people are found guilty anyway. Right. And when you have as much as he had in this instance, especially with the lying, mm. it maybe isn't that surprising. Well, I mean, it is pretty impressive when you think about it, how little evidence there was, physical evidence. I mean, that's that's kind of incredible when you think about it. Well, yeah, you know, we're used to TV shows in which <laughs> there's, there's DNA everywhere, there's blood everywhere, mm-hmm. there's a murder weapon you know, the very things that we're told that are essential. And that's so when you actually find nothing, right, mm-hmm. except, again, a lot of the lying, a lot of the backtracking of stories. Um, and, of course, you know, the one piece of evidence is that iPhone, which essentially was a tracker. Um, but just putting him at the scene, 
You know, I think it was also important when the jury actually took a visit to the crime scene. Right. Because, you know, they, they had a sense of its scale, its vastness, and, you know, what, you know, given a sense of, well, could he have left here at time without him knowing? Is it possible for him to have not heard gunshots? Right. Certain things that just started to make more sense to them by simply being at the crime scene. But again, you know, without physical evidence. On the other hand, this is a guy who is very sophisticated as an attorney, and they probably drew the inference that if anyone knew how to cover his tracks, it would be him. Well, he was successful doing that for decades, wasn't he? In many ways, he was covering a lot of tracks from financial um, things that he was doing. And, and, I mean, that's what he did. He was a mastermind right. at covering. Yeah, and, all, you know, look, you know, I think at one point one of his former partners, uh, you know, testified. And, you know, he apparently was very, very convincing that I'm convinced that he committed this crime. Um, and, you know, the defense counsel was badgering away at him saying, yeah, but that's because you hate this guy, right? You hate him because he owes you money. Mm. And apparently he was very, he said, no, now when it comes to something like this, right. this, this is a whole different story. Uh, his wife and son were killed, and that's why I'm here. I'm not here because he owes me money. I'm here because I'm convinced he committed this crime. You know, one of the questions that we're hearing from a, a lot of our listeners when we discuss this particular case is there's still some unanswered questions. I don't know that we still have a clear picture of what his motive was for killing um, his, his wife and his son. So, right. That's another thing that, you know, people who watch police procedurals are going to walk away saying, hey, don't you have to have a motive? Don't yeah. you have to prove motive? Right. right. So, again, we're, you know, it, this, this case in so many ways deviates from all the things that we're told, right? You have to have a motive. You have to have some physical evidence. And in this instance, what you really just had was sort of a very strange case of a bad man's defense where the jury decides we are drawing the inference that this bad man could have gone even further and killed his wife and his, his son. And, and, and um, again, it's, it is in some, so many ways unprecedented, uh, this outcome, even again, under three hours, uh, given how long the trial took, suggested that you know, they were absolutely unable to see him in any favorable light. And so that when they sat down to deliberate, this, they, they probably took very few people to convince that he was guilty. And one more question before we let you go. Do you think any of these, these questions, the lack of physical evidence, the, the, you know, the lack of, of really any true smoking gun motive, um, do you think that is going to help in the appeal process at all? Do you think he's going to have any success at all with uh, appealing this verdict? I don't think he will. Um, and it's because appellate courts need to see an, a, a real error in the conduct of the trial. Right. right? The, some kind of error that took place. What, what the appellate courts don't want to do is stand in the shoes of jurors. Mm-hmm. They don't want to say, we would have decided differently. No, they respect 12 people from the community who heard the evidence. 
and the appellate courts don't say, well, we would have seen it differently. Um, you know, it's one thing to say an error was committed, right? Like, for instance, they were really arguing that the prosecution had done things, right, you know, to have created this, you know, this defense strategy that they needed because of improprieties with with the prosecution. Um, jury, didn't, jury didn't believe that. They didn't see that. So unless they can prove that on uh, appeal, um, the impressions that were created in the mind of the jurors, that's the kind of thing appellate courts do not second guess. Right. Okay. And so we think today he will learn his, his fate this morning? Yeah. Yeah. I think yesterday the judge said, I'm not prepared given the length of the time. time. But I think, you know, there will probably be sentencing today. Thane Rosenbaum, thank you so much for joining us this morning, giving us an update on the uh, Murdoch trial. It's been a fascinating one for sure. For sure. It's been, we don't see these very often, but yes, it was, it was definitely something that gripped the nation. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Morning Jam. Thank you. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on The Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and Dine is brought to you by our friends at FNL Market there on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg. They are cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day, and they're working very hard to keep their prices low so you can keep your food bill in check. One of the things you can always get great prices on at FNL is uh, is pork tenderloin. And uh, something fun that you might want to try making this weekend is some uh, Asian pulled pork tacos. I'm going to put a fantastic recipe up on Janet's Five and Dine for an Asian caramel pulled pork, or you could even buy some Asian-inspired pork already prepared. Uh, You're going to use those in uh, your corn or flour tortillas. But what's going to make this really delicious is the pineapple snow pea salsa you're going to put on top along with your sriracha cream. With the uh, salsa, you're going to take two cups of chopped fresh pineapple, six ounces of snow peas with the ends trimmed, julian cut in half, and then one red bell pepper chopped small, along with a half of red onion diced, a whole jalapeno. You can see that as much as you like. We like a little heat, so I leave some of that in. Half a cup of loosely packed cilantro and a tablespoon of lime juice. Mix that together and set it aside. Then your sriracha cream is simply a half a cup of sour cream, two tablespoons of Dukes, and one teaspoon of sriracha. And then you just assemble those delicious tacos with that Asian caramel pork, your salsa on top and then that crema absolutely delicious get the full recipe by going to facebook type in janet's five and dine you'll find this recipe and all the recipes we share brought to you by fnl market where their meats are cut above before you fire up the coffee maker turn on the morning jam start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the morning jam And good morning. 46 degrees in Lynchburg right now. We have 45 in Bedford, 48 in Roanoke and Salem, 50 in Danville, and uh, 47 in Appomattox. So uh, not too bad of a start. Just making an extra weather? Well, yeah, because I I told the temperatures wrong a minute ago. Ah, okay. So thanks for drawing attention to it. I appreciate it. You're you did the same man. thing to me. You're my wingman. I got you. All right. Um, I was our just confused. Eight, well, it's okay. 
866-916-3776 is our number, and uh, we appreciate you joining us this morning. We're welcoming in studio today Brendan Burrell. He is the owner of Freedom Heating and Air, and uh, they're kind of a, a new uh, heating and air uh, company here in the region, and we are excited to have you with us this morning. Good morning, Brendan. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. So tell me, why Freedom Heating and Air? Where does that name come from? That name comes from the fact that I had served in the military and the Army, and when I finally got out, I wanted to kind of hone in around that whole idea, especially because that's something that we just seem to not understand much anymore. Right, right. And I think it brings a little light to everybody's eyes when they see the name Freedom, mm-hmm. and I just want people to feel happy, like, wow, there's somebody coming here, and I could just see Freedom, and you'll see my wrap vans around. Right. And it kind of sticks out, and I'm sure you guys may have seen it driving around. Absolutely. And I know you just saw it out there this morning, too. Well, I mean, and we and we love our we love our <laughs> veterans. We appreciate the sacrifice that, that our veterans make and the sacrifice that you have made. Um, and, and we want to support veteran-owned businesses. The bottom line is, is just that. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, heating and air right now is something that a lot of people are discussing. And I was telling you off the air. I have had listeners sending me their heating bills over the past few months, and some of them are absolutely mind-blowing. I've seen more than one that was over $800, which is just absolutely crazy. But that's where we are right now, isn't it? Yes. Unfortunately, we've got a number of factors where, I mean, I haven't seen weather as cold as we've had in Christmas time. I haven't seen that in years. Right. Now, we've also got the effects of AAP doubling our costs. Mm Mm-hmm. So that makes a that's a major problem too. But then it comes down to: Are we maintaining our equipment? Are we having it cleaned? Because if you don't have equipment cleaned and those coils cleaned, right? People don't that you can look at a unit and think it looks clean, but in reality, if I sat there, which I typically will walk through and have a customer follow me, mm-hmm. and I'll clean the coil and say, "Look at all the dirt coming out." Yeah. When all that dirt and stuff builds up in there, and you don't have good airflow that comes across there, it ruins the efficiency of your unit. And we live in an area, unfortunately, where heat pumps aren't exactly the most efficient way to heat our homes. And you were talking to me about that. That seems like there's been a, a lot of great propaganda pushing uh, pushing electric heat pumps there, <laughs> when perhaps that's not the best way to go. No. It, so, so two things I, I want to address. Before we go into that, I, I want to talk about the season that we're in right now. Uh, and, and I told you, we don't use our heat pump hardly at all where, where we are. Um, because we live out in the country, we have wood stove, that kind of thing. And we don't mind being a little cold. But I can tell you one thing, we do not <laughs> like being hot. That's, That's right. for sure. And <laughs> and warm weather's coming. It is. And and I might not turn my heat pump on, but I can tell you I am dang sure going to turn on that air conditioner. What can we do to make sure that that AC is running as efficiently as it can be if we do have a heat pump? I highly recommend having a company that you can trust come out there and i would honestly ask the technician to have you walk around with them and just so they can show you what exactly they do during a cleaning mm-hmm. um that's one thing i've always firmly believed in is walking through with the customer show them every component so they understand it because i believe as long as you understand your equipment in your house because it is yours right then it's going to help you understand what's happening more often when something happens so that way if you do have to call me for instance you can kind of walk through if you talk to my wife on the phone or if it's me walk through what's going on and you at least have an understanding of like oh hey brendan my my unit just is really loud outside and i probably walked you through what could cause that to happen if it's not clean mm-hmm. um i mean i've had customers stand next to me right started up before i clean it 
Like, yeah, it's really loud. Well, have him stand next to me again when I start up after. I kind of like, wow, that's a lot quieter. Right. It's kind of like with, and I, the, what I tell a lot of customers, it's kind of like breathing through one straw versus 50 straws. Mm-hmm. If you're going to breathe through one straw, you're going to struggle. Right. And if you're breathing through 50, you're going to breathe a lot easier and you're going to do a lot better. It's kind of like the whole COVID thing we went through. Everyone needed oxygen. Right. If you don't have much oxygen, you're not going to breathe well. Yeah. So that's kind of how I walk it through because a lot of systems are just like our bodies. So if someone says, but I'm not really having any trouble with my heat pump, mm-hmm. um, it's still going to be more efficient if you go ahead and, and check that, maintain it, make yep. sure it's running at its peak efficiency. Yep, absolutely. And how is it horribly expensive to have just a, a checkup, just a run through, a cleanup? Well, right now we're doing a special during the springtime. It's a one-time check at $75. Okay. Um, we offer memberships to customers. Um, if you are a customer, typically like a, a two-visit or one-year, mm-hmm. uh, which I kind of I say two-visit because some customers' homes don't need to be checked but once a year. Right. Um, that's typically 200 but you get 10% off on discounts on repairs. Okay. 5% off if a system needs to be replaced. Now, as far as those memberships, too, anyone first responder, military, teachers, they all get 50% off of that. Wow. Um, just because I want to give them, give back to them as well, and they're really deserving of the discounts, too. All right. I've had three texts saying, so what's the most efficient heat option in Lynchburg? The most? So they're, so they're, <laughs> wanting, they're wanting to know that answer. That's a good because question. If they, because if they need to replace, they yeah. want to make sure they're replacing it with something as efficient as possible. Right. So... There's a number of options out there now, too. So around here, there's a lot of studies that show there's this line that goes across the whole entire country. Um, that line usually goes up and down from Lynchburg down to North Carolina, where the primary your backup heat source or your primary heat source should always be a gas or oil furnace. Now, if you don't have gas in the house, the most efficient option now, and it's a unit that I actually have in my own home, it's called an ECOer. They're inverter technology, kind of like those mini split systems that a lot of people are hearing about now. Um, they can heat without backup heat all the way down to negative five degrees outside. And as we were talking about electric bills and say a lot of homes, we had a lot of calls on Christmas Eve (laughs) that it wasn't keeping up. And we found electric heaters weren't working to help heat the house. Well, my system, I don't even have electric heat in it. And it kept my house at 68 the whole entire day. Wow. Um, so there's options out there. It's just that those options are so the price tags a little higher on those, unfortunately. Right. Uh, it's kind of like where we talked about that there's this big push for all electric everything, but in reality, there's a price tag that comes with it. But you can put in a little more now and mm-hmm. a lot less later yes. and not give it all away to absolutely. AP. So there's that. If people want to have their uh, their systems checked, maybe they're interested in finding out more about uh, mm-hmm. these other units you're talking about. What's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, you can call the office and speak to my wife, and that number is 434-339 zero 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 one um i know she likes to get me out of the office as much as possible so <laughs> <laughs> and you're also uh you're also on social media and i'm sure you're online yes a- as well so there's lots of ways for them to reach out yep. and uh, and touch you Brenda, thank you so much for joining us this morning we really appreciate it uh freedom heating and air we appreciate your service and uh and the fact of what you're giving to other people in the community thank you i appreciate it thank you coming up at the top of the hour bill trefero is going to join us from the roanoke news desk we'll take a look at some of the uh, latest information
that he has for us. CBS News will also be coming up at the top of the hour. And uh, then in our next hour, we are going to get some Friday funnies in. I swear, it has been like a revolving door here this morning, so we haven't had a chance to get any of those in. But we're going to do that uh, very shortly. And we're also going to be talking about uh, some of the situation in East Palestine and where that situation is with reporter Stacy Lynn in uh, Washington. Uh, representatives from Norfolk and Southern, the railroad that operated the train carrying those toxic chemicals, met with residents of the city last night. And we're going to find out how all that went and where we are with that situation. All coming up as we get you going on this Friday morning on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. I'm Janet Rose. Good morning to you. You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville. It's time for your Morning Jam Weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Rainy weather today will be on the blustery side. Temperatures in the low 50s during the afternoon actually climbing after sunset into the mid to upper 50s. Can't even rule out a late day thunderstorm. We'll get that rain out overnight with highs at 60 on Saturday and increasing sunshine. Clear skies and a low of 37 Saturday night. And sunshine Sunday highs in the mid 60s. And currently we have 45 degrees in the Lynchburg area, 48 degrees in Bedford, Roanoke, and Salem, 47 in Appomattox this morning. Well, we're pleased to have reporter Stacy Lynn with us uh, reporting on East Palestine. Yesterday, representatives from Norfolk Southern, the railroad that operated the train carrying those toxic chemicals that derailed in East Palestine last month, met with residents of that city. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning, Janet. How are you today? Doing very well. Thank you. Uh, Now, it it seems like people are so frustrated, not just in East Palestine, but around the country with the way their response has been to this situation. Uh, Did they make any any ground yesterday in, in that meeting? Not really. And it's been over a month now since that derailment, which is crazy. And I feel like right now there are still more questions and answers than last night, that meeting you referred to, where members of the EPA were meeting with um, residents of the town and uh, representatives, rather, from Norfolk Southern. It got very, very heated. The residents were kind of questioning them about why there had been no dioxin testing to this point. Just yesterday, the EPA said after four weeks, they've ordered that freight train operator to test for these toxic pollutants that could have been released as a result of uh, the company's decision to kind of burn that vinyl chloride from the cargo. This is really important because at the time they said that they were burning that cargo so they could prevent it from possibly exploding. But they didn't address the further impacts that burning those chemicals could have on the community and the environment as well. These dioxins are highly toxic. They're known to be cancerous. We know they can damage the immune system, interfere with 
hormone, developmental processes, reproductive <sighs> health. There's just a laundry list of issues. And, of course, for the environment, they can remain in the soil for decades. They can contaminate, you know, plants and crops that are used in the food chain. So they did this at the time, you know, to prevent it from exploding. But now residents are still complaining about all sorts of ailments that they've been dealing with since this happened a month ago, rashes, bronchitis, um, they've been instructed to monitor their long-term health. Many are calling to be relocated out of this town and out of this community and um, asking for funds to do that as well. So last night at this meeting, they weren't very pleased with the answers they were getting from officials. Um, authorities, though, still maintain that the town's air and the municipal water have been tested and they are safe. But this further testing now after a month from the EPA that they've ordered the train operator to do, um, hopefully should uh, provide some more answers, of course, to these looming questions these residents are having right now. And like you said, Janet, that, you know, it's not just the residents of East Palestine, it's all around the area because they're taking all this solid waste and they're removing it from the derailment site. And we're talking about millions of gallons and they're bringing it Elsewhere, the sites in, you know, other places in Ohio, uh, they're bringing it to Michigan, Indiana, Texas as well. And they all don't want this in their towns as well. They're trying to figure out what to do with all this waste and how, you know, how detrimental it could be to these communities and these people. Well, and the other thing is the, the longer they put this off, time, time is a friend to Norfolk Southern, for sure. Uh, every day that passes that they don't have to answer questions, that gives them more of an opportunity to get rid of things and, and to try to, to cover things up. And I think that's what the people of East Palestine and, frankly, the rest of America thinks is going on. Right, of course. I mean, these people are, are dealing with these health problems and they're worried and, and a lot of them don't have money to just pick up and move away from this town. So they're duly righted to be concerned right. about uh, the issues here. I know, um, you know, we, we talk about Congress not doing anything about it. A lot of people are lashing out at um, Pete Buttigieg or lashing out at the president. Right. And um, Congress uh, just yesterday, uh, a group of senators, bipartisan, have come together with the bill that they're working on right now that could kind of change in the future, at least, how the rail industry operates. It's called the Railway Safety Act of 2023, and it kind of adopts some of the reforms that the Biden administration has been calling for, not all of them, but it would require rail carriers to notify emergency authorities when they're transporting things like hazardous materials, and then obviously develop a plan in the event that gas like this is discharged. And then um, other things that could happen, you know, with this bill, it would introduce regulations requiring um, crews aboard every train around the country um, to be uh, to be able to maintain and do track standards and issue detection and so much more. So obviously this doesn't help the situation that these residents in East Palestine are dealing with right now, but at least they're looking towards the future and hopefully a, a bipartisan measure could move forward so this does not happen again. And it would seem they called in uh, some of the big guns yesterday. I heard that environmental activist Aaron Brockovich was in, yeah. in town to, to do some poking she, around. They probably don't like that. 
Right. I mean, she's obviously a big name in the environmental, you know, activism uh, area. She was sure. you know, around for many, many years. And um, obviously part of that movie years ago, I think that's a lot of people are going, wait, I know that name. Right, right. Um, so she's there now. She's poking around. She's calling for changes. She's calling it unacceptable. Um, she's there talking to residents as well. So, you know, hopefully um, people like her that are calling a greater attention to the issue can get things hopefully moving a little bit quicker and these residents can get some answers and um, hopefully their health is not too far, you know, down the road. Very sad for these people, what they're dealing with. That's true. Uh, Stacy Lynn, reporter with uh, CBS from Washington. We appreciate you joining us this morning on the Morning Jam to get us updated on this East Palestine story. Thank you again for, for coming on. Thanks, Janet. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, just a, a, a tragic story uh from that area and and you can just tell that they're not telling the whole story there and you have all these people in this community um and and their children they don't have any ways of of getting out and now they're moving this into other parts of the country it's going to be probably a long time before we really understand what the long-term effects of this could be uh there is a school board member in Arizona, who is saying that um, the district should reject hiring teachers with Christian values because, well, it's it's just not safe. She says that uh, the board has to consider where our values lie, which sounds good in theory, I suppose, but picture, if you will, through the theater of the mind that only radio can give you. Uh, this woman delivering and espousing these beliefs. Her name is Tamilia Vanzula. She blasted the Christian University over the Christian beliefs. She said she was disheartened to learn about the contract that had been ongoing for years, which uh, was was helping you know base Christian teachers into the schools. Uh, On February 23rd, they agreed on a motion to dissolve the partnership. And as she was delivering these words, she was describing herself in this way. Oh, incidentally, while wearing cat ears. She describes herself as a bilingual, disabled, neurodivergent, queer, black Latina who loves a good hot wing, but only with the right ranch and things that sparkle. That's what they have on their school board right there. And she's going to sit there and espouse about values and what's dangerous as far as guiding our children. At one point, she says, it's a good time for us to take a moment and really pause about where our values lie. And while I understand we're in a difficult situation, we have a teacher shortage in recruiting. It's really difficult because when it comes to this cat woman, she says you just can't compromise and dig down to where you're so desperate that you're going to take a Christian teacher. My concerns is when I go to an Arizona Christian University website, they're committed to Jesus Christ, accomplishing his will and advancement on earth is in heaven. Part of their values is to transform the culture with truth by promoting biblically informed values that are foundational to Western civilizations. Well, we can't have that, she says as she wears her cat ears. 
How did this woman get on? I'm dying to know if she was elected. She had to have been elected. I can't imagine anybody appointed her. It's her first term. Hopefully, it will be her last term. We shall see. We'll be back with a Friday funny on the Friday edition of The Morning Jam. Thanks for joining us. Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to The Morning Jam. Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to The Morning Jam. I have a teenage girl. And in this day and age, having a teenage girl has taught me that a teenage girl is the meanest creature on God's green earth. <laughs> Sometimes I just throw meat in the room and shut the door. One time, one time I came home late at night, the house was dark, I opened the front door, I heard her bedroom door open, I peed, I peed. <laughs> She is terrifying. <laughs> she doesn't sit anymore. She used to sit. She used to know how to sit in a chair. Now she flops all like a murder victim. <laughs> I feel like I should outline her body in chalk. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So I house sat for my neighbor. Um, uh, it's, this has been about a month ago. And they've got really big dogs. They're like mastiff sizes mm -hmm. dogs. They also flop. Like, they never just lie down. Oh, Hokey does that a lot. And and if you're not used to it, like, my biggest dog is, is 60 pounds. And and he is a little bit like a freight train. But it sounds like somebody's dropping a body every time they go to lay down. So, yeah, I get it. It's a little terrifying. I've got a caller on the line. Good morning. You're on the morning jam. Who's this? Meow. Meow. Oh, <laughs> Salty, is, is that you? Meow. <laughs> Meow. Is this Salty Cat? Meow. <laughs> Jada, what the hell is going on? I don't know, my friend. I don't know. The woman delivered the entire thing wearing cat ears. Meow, 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 meow. Is she related to that lawyer? Remember that lawyer who was on a conference oh. call and he had that cat? <laughs> Persona. I'm ready to move forward, Your Honor. I'm not really a cat. Salty cat. <laughs> salty cat. Yeah, really. That's exactly right. Oh, Janet. What oh, Janet. Are they feeding oh. you? Yeah, even I don't know. Even for salty. Even for salty, this is getting a little too weird, Janet. Well, the very idea that somebody like that is going to come out wearing cat ears, and oh, and and not to mention her her description of herself. And she's going to yeah. be critical of a Christian teacher? Holy cow. I know. It's unbelievable. Halloween, Halloween every day for her, Janet. I don't know. I think they need to, I think they need to wake up because this is kind of a mess. Well, you remember that uh, you, you and Mark played that video of that woman uh, who wanted to be She was in the CIA. Yes. And she was cisgender, queer, uh, you know, and she named off all these uh, what used to be called psychological problems, now they're part of enhancing your resume, Janet. I know. It's like it, they, they, they're they wearing it like a badge. And this lady was the same thing. Wait, what? hold on. I want to make sure I say it right. She described herself 
as bilingual disabled neurodivergent. What is that? That's, that's right. I think that gal on that the CIA video said she was neurodivergent. That means there ain't nothing firing off in her neuros in her head, Janet. <laughs> All right, wait. I got to go. All right. I just couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Well, it's, you it's know. pretty crazy so, stuff. It, so it for is. now, Janet, meow, meow. <laughs> Thanks, Salty. Have a fun weekend, Salty. Appreciate it. Oh, you Lord. Too. All right. So according to the Cleveland Clinic, neurodivergent is a non-medical term. Of course it is that describes people whose brains develop or work differently for some reasons. That means they have different streaks and struggles from people whose brains develop and work more typically. Well, obviously, based on some of the things she was espousing and the fact that she was wearing cat ears. Well, all I know is we have a banger on our hand. Did you, salty cat, salty cat. I know. What I know. are they, you know, instead of, you know. Instead smelly. of smelly cat, I think salty cat could be the next the next big hit. That you know what you could do it. I second do know what stage. they're feeding him. Though. I know you guys show that could be the next you know the development of salty cat. That could be your next show after this one. It could be. Except Look at us coming sal- out with salty with cat a- is like he's living on cheesy westerns in a bowl. I'm pretty sure that's what he's living on. Hey, um, salty is going to be joining us at live uh, from second oh, those stage. Those poor ladies. <laughs> Coming up on March the 11th at Second Stage in Amherst, Virginia. Uh, there's going to be a, a show that we're going to be doing on March the 11th. It starts at 7 o'clock. Some really amazing uh, performers are going to be there, um, including... A week from tomorrow. It, it is a week from tomorrow. We're going to be talking about um, ballads, all kinds of American ballads, uh, from love ballads to murder ballads, yes, Murder ballads are very, very popular, uh, and we have some really amazing musicians that are going to come and uh, join us. So we've got a live four-piece band that's uh, going to be there, and we've got some marvelous storytellers. Uh, we've got Linda Gentry. She's going to be joining us for this show, and uh, we're going to be talking about um, the people of the Appalachia and some of the stories behind some of the ballads there, and uh, we're also going to be doing a 1940s really deliciously creepy live radio uh, from the 1940s to wrap up the show. So it's going to be a really interesting show with live music, storytelling, radio dramas, and it's going to be at Second Stage at Amherst. Uh, The tickets are limited, but they are on sale now, and uh, you can get them while they last. And hopefully I'll be able to see you on March the 11th. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be coming up at 6 p.m. on March the 11th. So... There you go. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, We also have a story and kind of an update on that situation out of uh, Pennsylvania. Now, we haven't heard a whole lot about the story of the four University of Idaho students since they captured the uh, Brian Koberger. Now, some more details are coming out about that. Uh, The Pennsylvania warrants, experts are kind of breaking down some of the key evidence that they're finding in that case. Police recovered knives, masks, gloves, black clothing, computers, and a phone in a raid on the home of Idaho murder suspect Ryan Koberger's parents in the Poconos. 
but the smoking gun may actually lie in what they find in his 2015 Hyundai Elantra because they collected DNA there and they got contents from his phone. Says any of those uh, kids' DNA or the dog's DNA uh, was either, if any of it was in his car, in his apartment, then he's done. That's what a retired MIPD sergeant and professor at John Jay Criminal uh, College of Criminal Justice says. There's just no way that he's going to be able to explain that away. Uh, of course, the four University of Idaho students, you had Madison Mogan, Kaylee Conclaves, both 21, and then uh, Zana Carnoodle and Ethan Chapin, both 20, were found stabbed to death in an off-campus home in Moscow, Idaho, in the early hours of November th- uh, 13th, and and they appeared to be ambushed while they while they slept, and um, the court ordered 60-day seal on the search warrants served in connection with the December 3rd uh, 30th arrest expired, and that made the documents that detail what the police found at his home more public. So we're getting some of that information out now. Um, between Coburger's departure from Washington State University and his arrival back home in Pennsylvania for winter break, police in Indiana stopped him twice under the same unusual pretext, which was tailgating. Those stops could have flagged the suspected killer that the police were following his footsteps, but um, I think he was trying to throw them off course. And 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 what's you know what's going to get him is you know that DNA also they said um if if this girl's picture is in his phone so if he was stalking them which they think he probably was so uh, all of this information has been has been put out now but i hope these families are going to get some type of of resolution cuz it's pretty it was just a horrible thing for for anyone to do and i know that they're going to want to go by the book so that they don't have any issues with um with with getting him you know put away uh they say the car had been very uh very clean they could tell it had been cleaned and um they're saying even bleach which is probably the only thing that might be able to get rid of things it has a a distinct odor so they're going to be able to know if he did any of that and uh and they're the, they say they're also finding out through some of these releases what wasn't recovered. They seized a number of pair of shoes, but none of them were Van sneakers. That's what they believe left a footprint. But I'm sure he would have gotten rid of those. I can't imagine that he wouldn't have. Well, coming up, we have WDBJ7 on the way. Going to be getting us all your latest headlines from uh, state and local news. And then... The poem Rainbow Bridge, has anybody ever sent that to you when you lost uh, a dog? There are a lot of people who have, have used that, and there are quite a few people who have claimed to have written it, but now the truth about who actually wrote that poem and why they wrote it is coming out. It's kind of a sweet story. We'll share that for you, and we'll have more Friday Funnies on the way coming here on The Morning Jam.
It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Rainy weather today will be on the blustery side. Temperatures in the low 50s during the afternoon, actually climbing after sunset into the mid to upper 50s. Can't even rule out a late day thunderstorm. We'll get that rain out overnight with highs at 60 on Saturday and increasing sunshine. Clear skies and a low of 37 Saturday night and sunshine Sunday highs in the mid 60s. Well, right now we have a little bit of light rain falling throughout most of the listing area. 47 in rain in Bedford, 46 and rain expected in Lynchburg, uh, 46 in Salem and Roanoke with rain, 51 in rain in Danville, 47 in rain in both Amherst and Appomattox. Rain, rain, rain. Go away. gets upset, which is two, three times a minute. <laughs> she stands up, points her toe, puts her hand on her hip backwards like a fencer. Like, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. <laughs> I hate my father, prepare to die. <laughs> and then she rolls her eyes back in her head until she can see her own brain. <laughs> and she makes this sound. <sighs> First time she did it, I'm like, are you decompressing? What's happening? If you come up too fast, you'll get the bends. What is going on? <laughs> so what was your sound that your that your mom would just go, no, sir? Did you did you have a mm, I can't think of a sound I'd make. I think it just any time. See, my kids knew better than to mouth off. They knew they knew better Typically than, to, I wouldn't. than to say something. But then I would get the I'd roll my eyes. I, I, something I would do, something I do that annoys my mom is like, I'm not the biggest fan of dumb questions. So like, if she asked me a question that I deem is not mm-hmm. smart, mm-hmm. I will give a like a very sarcastic answer back. <laughs> oh, how'd that go for you? She's like, <laughs> yeah, she would get upset. <laughs> yeah, no, see, see that doesn't that doesn't I, work either. I am not as confrontational as my brother. Like my brother. Is very confrontational. And I could tell if my kids were rolling their eyes, even if they were walking away. That freaked them out. So, And then if they if they slammed the door, I would like, you do that one more time, and that I, door goes away. Yeah. I, that I've door been, is a privilege. That's I've not a right. I've been told that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, but have you ever had one taken off the hinges? <laughs> Never went that far? Yeah. I have not. I don't, make, I don't make promises I don't keep. Let's just put it that oh, way. Oh, I know my parents would do it. Like, oh, I know they would have sure. done it. Yeah, no problem with that. Well, if you are a a dog lover or a a cat lover and you have gone through that unfortunate process of losing one that you love, chances are you have received the the Rainbow Bridge poem. Uh, It has comforted literally millions of pet parents and it has caused many people to wonder who wrote it. Who came up with with the idea of Rainbow Bridge? More than a dozen people have claimed ownership of the beloved poem, but in fact, the real author had no idea that she had become such a, a global sensation. For the millions of people that Rainbow Bridge has touched, the author of the poem has remained unknown until now. She is Edna 
Klein uh, Ricke, an 82-year-old Scottish artist and an animal lover. And until very recently, she had no idea that the poem she had written over 60 years ago had brought comfort to so many. She told a reporter that she was stunned. She was absolutely in shock. She wrote the poem in honor of her dog, Major. And uh, her authorship likely would have been uh, lost to history had it not been for a very tenacious sleuthing art historian, author, and cat owner from Tucson, Arizona. Paul Kadouris has spent a decade working on a book about pet cemeteries and frequently encountered references to Rainbow Bridge in his research. Early on, he started wondering who wrote this, and he said it really bothered him that, that no one seemed to know who had written a text that had so much importance in the world of animal mourning. He discovered that the poem's popularity actually started in about 1994 when a reader from Grand Rapids, Michigan, sent a copy of Rainbow Bridge that they had received from their local Humane Society to Dear Abby and said, if you print this, you better warn your readers to get their hankies out. Abby did print the poem, confessed to shedding a tear or two, but also pointed out to her 100 million readers that the author's name was regrettably missing. If anyone in my reading audience can verify authorship, please let me know. No one came forward, but after that, Rainbow Bridge was everywhere. He found records of 15 separate claims filed under the title Rainbow Bridge with the Copyright Office. He compiled a list of around 25 names he found with any connection to the poem. One by one, he looked into each one, ticked them off until he came to Edna. That was the name that, uh, that he had, had seen in an online chat about this woman from Scotland who wrote the poem when her son's dog died. Uh, the woman whose authorship of a book about her late husband and their dog made him jot her name onto the list was the only woman and the only non-American. When they finally reached out to her, um, and asked her if she was the author, she said, how on earth did you find me? She said, the, uh, the story began in 1959. She was 19 years old and grieving the loss of her Labrador retriever, Major. He died in my arms, actually, and I dearly loved him, she said in an interview with National Geographic. The day after Major died, she was crying and crying, and when her mother asked, what was wrong? She said, it's major. I can't put away all this aching. And her mother said, write it down and maybe you'll feel better. And that's when she wrote it. It's, uh, it's amazing to me that it took that long uh, to find. I'm not going to read the poem because it makes me cry every time, uh, whether I'm sending it or receiving it. But it is such a sweet thing uh, to think about if you've lost a loved one that you know, one day, and, and I, I believe we're going to see the things that we love again in, in heaven, which means I'm going to have a lot of dogs. That's what I think anyway. Okay.
All right. Um, I thought we had a, a caller there. Our number is 866-916-3776. If you haven't read the poem, Rainbow Bridge, like I say, you need to have some hankies handy, but it's a pretty special special thing, especially if you're looking to comfort someone who's who's been going through a hard time. Well, there is a, a lot of talk about the, the cap on insulin. And, of course, there's a lot of controversy with that, too, because President Trump had done an executive order and then Biden undid it. And now he's coming in and uh, and like he's saving the day with this one. And I do think this is probably a better setup than than the original one was. Um, but it would seem that the good news is financial relief is on the way for millions of Americans who suffer with diabetes. A drug maker, Eli Lilly, has chosen to cut some insulin prices capping out-of-pocket cost at $35. The, um, According to Eli Lilly, out of the nearly 8.5 million Americans who use insulin, nearly 3 million rely on their products. The data provided by the White House broke down how many adults living in each state could experience lower insulin cost as a result of the decision. And uh, in Virginia... It looks as though uh, nine point, let's see, in Virginia, 9.5%, 647,587 people. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. Um, The percentage of adults 18 or older with a diagnosis of diabetes in Virginia is 9.5%. And... Uh, estimated, and then the the number of actual people, 647,587. So that is very good news for someone who's dealing with diabetes uh, because the prices had absolutely gotten out of control. Of course, that's just one of many that's out of control at this point. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the things that you might be able to take in and enjoy this weekend. Uh, There are quite a few things that it's going to be going on in the region. If there's an event coming up this weekend that you would like for us to talk about, uh, you can get that into me real quick. Our text number is 434 248 434-248-0704. And we'll try to get your uh, event mentioned as well. It, it looks first like... First weekend of March. It is the first weekend of March. Which is weird to think it's already March. I know. I know it. And I can't help but feel like Maybe in March is when we're going to see some funky weather. Although right now it just looks like it's going to kind of be, you know, kind of wet today. Uh, may get a little bit heavier rain as uh, as we go go through the day. But, um, you know, hopefully by the weekend we'll get some pleasant temperatures in there as well. Thanks for joining us this morning on the Morning Jam. Hope you're having a great morning so far. Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the morning jam.
gets me mad. You should see what she does to her mother. <laughs> I went to pick her up at her mother's house not too long ago, and I open the front door, and I hear the end of the argument. You know what I mean? The tail end, where my daughter is going at the top of her lungs. I hate you. I hear her mother go, you know what? I hope I die on your birthday. Wow. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to have a card sent to you every year that says it's not all your fault. That's when I left. I did not pick my daughter up that day. Oh, my gosh. Now, I have to say, I, I didn't, I can't relate to too much of this. Which I'm, I'm very thankful for. <laughs> I was gonna stay. Yeah, I'm. I'm well, really I originally thankful. picked this because it was your, your daughter's birthday this week, and right. I said nothing is more terrifying. So that's why I picked this, this bit. And I but was like, I will, I will tell you though. I mean, when she was 12, I was ready to give her away. But then after she got out of that, it was, it was okay. She went through a, a little period where she literally thought she knew absolutely everything. Hmm. Like you could not tell her anything. Which I guess all kids go through that to a certain degree. Probably. Um, but Except me. I was good. <laughs> okay. All righty. If you say so. Uh, but, but no, for the most part, I, my kids were far more than, uh, than I deserve. So I'll take it. Hey, uh, good news. They, well, I don't know this, that it's good news. We, we do know that we've had good news and that there have been uh, less applications for uh, unemployment that that's good news but according to the latest polls we enter into march the roanoke college institute for policy and opinion is taking a look at uh, well kind of taking the temperature of virginians and how they feel about the state of the commonwealth in general uh, they interviewed 680 virginia residents between february the 12th and the 21st in a survey addressing approval and favorability ratings for the governor and the survey had a margin of 4.23% error. And, um, and, of course, you can access all of that. Uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin's approval rating is up five points to 57% of Virginians reporting they approve of the way he's handling his uh, job as governor. Uh, these are his highest approval ratings yet and the lowest unfavorable uh, ratings that he has uh, received. At the national level, President Joe Biden's approval rating is down to 38%. And um, former President Donald Trump's favorability and unfavorable ratings are virtually unchanged from what they were, you know, the last time that they were talking about that. Uh, when they're talking about the things that were most important to Virginia, they cited the economy jobs or inflation as the most important issues though the percentage citing inflation has dropped a little the percentage of virginians who feel that crime is the most important issue increased five points and the percentage of virginians who think other issues are more important remained relatively consistent in this poll virginians were also asked for their opinions about a variety of issues related to education policy in K-12 schools, the poll asked respondents to report how much control teachers, parents, local school boards, principals, superintendents, federal government, local government should have over what is taught. 
the majority of respondents thought that all the stakeholders should have some input uh, or moreover what uh, what is taught in schools with teachers 83 percent local school boards 81 superintendents 80 percent parents 78 percent receiving the highest percentage of responses so there was a four-point decrease in respondents who thought teachers and parents should have the same control over what is taught. So that's interesting, I think. Um, I don't know. You might want to take a look at that whole uh, report. It's, it's got some pretty interesting things in it. Uh, National Park Service has an important message for those who encounter bears in the wild because, you know, we're going to start seeing those more. And here's their advice. Here it is. Don't push a slower friend down when running away, even if the friendship is nearing the end of its life. That was their tweet. Uh, I'll ignore that. If you come if you come across the bear, never push a slower friend down, even if the friendship has run its course. So the reason I think that's very funny is because when I was in Florida, and of course there's a lot of alligators there. A lot of alligators. A lot of gators. A lot of them. And my friend... Dela, who is very, very short, and so she's got very tiny legs. Um, they, they say you need to make sure you, you know, you can outrun that alligator. And I said, look, I just have to outrun Dela. I don't. I mean, <laughs> that's all I have. Janet, to outrun. I have a question for you. Yeah. What bear is best? Oh no! Are we really going to end the show this way? Black bears. Bears eat beets. <laughs> beets. Bears. bears. Battlestar Galactica. What is this? <laughs> Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. It's not. It's not a joke. Millions it's... of families suffer every year. Michael. 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 Uh, a woman in uh, Portland, Maine is suing L.L. Bean. She says that their waterproof boots are not actually waterproof. And you know what? She just might win. I mean, you think about the people who have gone to court over less things and, and they've won. For example, the people who you know, tried to sue Subway because their tuna didn't have tuna in it. I mean, that was a weird one. According to court documents, Alinda Lindsay is filing a class action lawsuit. She says the zipper closure used in the brand name boots are not waterproof. Therefore, the boots themselves aren't waterproof. According to the document, she bought a pair of boots advertised as waterproof, but when she wore them outside, water leaked into them. L.L. Bean says it's aware of the lawsuit and is looking forward to addressing these claims through the legal process. The company says they won't comment on pending litigation. So when something says waterproof like that, do you expect like absolutely nothing to be able to get in there? I guess so. Yeah, it's not like there's a giant hole on the top of it. Right, yeah, exactly. Where things are going to... I don't know. I don't know how she's going to do with that one. Uh, I said earlier in the show that it was uh, 33 Flavors Day, talking, of course, about ice cream. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the whole Baskin-Robbins thing. Uh, German Ice Cream Parlor has expanded their menu to a 34th flavor. They're offering cricket-flavored scoops of ice cream. Yee doggy. Yuck. I had a young man in my Sunday school class who was from Mexico, and he loved chocolate-covered grasshoppers. So I guess that's not that big of a stretch. Miss Shannon, I love me some 
Very sharp. Why is he talking like a Southerner? He was Mexican. (laughs) You didn't say that. I did say that. No, all I I heard was... Well, you could go back to that beautiful bean footage. He was Mexican, and that's a delicacy there. They dip dip grasshoppers in chocolate, and they eat them. Well, he could have been adopted by a Southern family when he was young. Okay. The unusual confection is available at Thomas Messino's store in Southern Germany. He has the habit of creating flavors that are far outside Germany's typical preferences for strawberry, chocolate, banana, and vanilla. Apparently, those are their favorites. He, uh, in the past, has offered gorgonzola cheese ice cream, liver sausage ice cream, and gold-plated ice cream for four twenty-five dollars a scoop. Ye he doggy. says he's a very curious person. He likes to mix it up when he's creating flavors. And uh, he can now produce the cricket flavor because the European Union's regulation that now allows the use of insects in food. They can be frozen, dried, or used as a powder. No! No, no, no. Powder? Well, I mean, I guess they are protein-packed. I don't know. I I don't want to know. I I think I'm just going to have to go. I'm just going to have to kick it old school. You just give me... Give me a good old scoop of vanilla and I'll be okay. Chocolate all day. Have a great weekend. See you on Monday. Looking forward to uh, spending next week with you here on The Morning Jam. You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville.